Well, hello, and again, this is Dory Locke, and on behalf of Size Seminars, I would like to be the first to welcome you to the Size Seminars monthly call highlighting the tools and techniques from the basic seminar. Tonight, we will be discussing the topic of to think is to create, and I have the pleasure of welcoming Mr. Tim O'Kelly to the call. Tim took his basic seminar in 1987. On Saturday, he participated in an exercise that had a huge impact in his life. From this exercise, he established a dream and vision of becoming a basic instructor for size seminars. And through applying the tools he learned in the basic, including the process of to think is to create, that I'm sure Tim is going to discuss with us tonight, he was able to live that vision and become not only a basic instructor, he also facilitated size seven, men's leadership, and was in charge of the basic instructor division. We are excited to have him join us on this call, and we are looking forward to what he has to share with us. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Tim O'Kelly to the call. <laughs> Tim, are Hello. you there? Yeah, well, that was a mouthful. I was going to say, are you going to breathe or not? That was wonderful. I've actually done a lot. I'm sitting there listening going, I like this. This is good. Hello, everyone. Um, Tim O'Kelly here. And... Uh, Dory, do you just want me to go right into it, or do you have anything else you need to set up or say? No, absolutely. We would just love to hear what you have to share with us tonight. Okay, very good. Thank you, Dory, very much. I appreciate that introduction, and hello, everyone. Um, I, I want to start off this call by saying that I am absolutely honored to be chosen to 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 do this call. I have done other ones um, from PSI seminars, and and I've enjoyed every one of them, uh, especially just the preparation of getting ready for it uh, is, a, is a valuable process for me. But the, the the reason I'm saying that I feel honored to be picked to do this one because this one is uh, the foundation of all of the concepts of PSI seminars. Um, when you go to the basic class, um, you'll walk in and sit down, you'll look up on the wall, and there is one sign plastered on the back wall. And uh, I've looked at that sign for since, uh, since Dory said, since 1987. Um, every time I walk into a class, I look up, and the first thing I see is that, and it says, to think is to create. And Mr. Wilhite, the man who created this class, um, talked about this concept and talked about that this is the root of, of everything that, uh, that we do. And not just we do, but any kind of a concept, any kind of a personal development, anything that where we want to better ourselves, anything where we want more in our life, anything that we are finding to, to achieve, to accomplish, to make happen, this is the root. This is the, you know, Ms. Wilhite would say that if you're going to climb a ladder, this is the first rung of the ladder, assuming you've got to step on every rung. This is the first one. You've got to have some degree of mastery of this concept for all other concepts to work. And here I am being asked to talk about the most important concept of all. So it is very, it's exciting. I will say this, it is the hardest one not to talk about. It's my favorite one to talk about, but it's the hardest one how to do all this in 20, 25 minutes. That is almost not fair. <laughs> so uh, let, me, uh, let me get into it. If I haven't said enough, I, I can really end it there and go, that is the most important concept of all. So if you're going to study concepts, you're going to study personal development, you're going to study anything about this work, that's the one to study. Do not move on until we have some degree of mastery of this one. Um, to think is to create. It is said, it has been spoken by many, many people in the world. It is not something that Mr. Wilhite, the founder of PSI Seminars almost 40 years ago, made up his, himself. 
And so if we were to break it down and talk about to think is to create as far as a 20, 25-minute talk, then it's got to be done, I, I think, this way, that to think is to create being the foundation of all says simply that whatever it is that a human being thinks, he or she will create. He or she will manifest. Now, the problem with that is, is I looked at that sign for almost two years and thought I knew it and thought, oh, yeah, that I get that. It's just what I said. Whatever a person thinks, he or she will create. I'm like, I got it. But what I realized is after I studied that and studied that, I realized I didn't understand that at all because I knew about it. I didn't know it. I knew about it as a concept. I formed it in my mind to make sense to it, but I did not know it. Now, how did I not know it? By my results. My results showed that I did not know it. My results showed that I knew about it. And that's a real big distinction that I really want to get across tonight, is that how you will know if you understand this concept is by results. If your results are growing, you know, that's one of the concepts that we talk about in the class, is, is that there's two ways. Really, there's we are growing or we are decaying. And this is the greatest tool to see if our understanding of this is really, really solid. Are my results growing? Is my relationship growing? If I look back and go, are my relationships over and over and over the same way? Or are my relationships changing? Are they getting better? Are they evolving? Are they more challenging? Maybe. But I can look back and say in the area of my relationships, they are growing. My financial situation, how I would know if I understand you think it's great is if my results financially are growing. Okay, If my health is getting better, if things in my life are getting better, it has to mean I understand this concept. If they are going in the same direction, meaning they're not changing at all, well, it means that they are actually decaying because there's not a stability level. There's either growing or we're decaying. So that's one of the great indicators, and that's a great alarm, I think, for all of us. If my results honestly are dropping, this is a concept I do not fully, fully understand, and it's time to get back to it and work it. So if you ever fall off, if you ever get behind, if you ever get off track, this would be the place to go to, is to look at if that's true, that what I think I will create, I need to be real careful and selective about what I think. But see, the problem is a lot of people will go, I got that. But then why isn't it working? Oh, it is. Oh, it is. See, that's the greatest thing I learned about to think it's too great. It's working. Well, then why are my results, I think, this way, and my results show something else? It doesn't work. That's the greatest pop right. Well, yes, it is working. Well, then no, it can't be because I'm thinking one thing and my results are another. No, you're thinking one way. But what the difference is, is what you believe is different. Now, see, that I could spend, I could spend an hour talking about that difference right there, what I think and what I believe. Now, you might think, well, aren't those the same thing? Well, we can have fleeting thoughts. Mr. Wilhite talked about that. Anything we think less than 15 seconds would be called a fleeting thought. So I can think I'm the President of the United States. I will not become the President of the United States right now. That's, that's not how it works. It's not our fleeting thoughts. What this concept underneath it all means is that what I believe, 
Another way to say belief is my opinions, my habitual thinking, not just fleeting thoughts, my habitual thinking, what I believe. One of the greatest quotes in this work was done by James Allen. What the mind of mankind, now if you really know the whole quote, it's what the mind of man, but meaning mankind, what the mind, what the, what the mind of mankind can believe and, and conceive, he can achieve. So the two parts of there is the conceive and believe. Well, conceive, right, is, is seeing it in our mind and then believing it. So, yeah, you can see in your mind what you want, but do you believe it? That's what we've got to look at is what are your deepest beliefs? That's the value of doing the basic seminar, the life success course, the men's leadership, the women's leadership, everything PSI seminars offers. And, yeah, there's a plug right there because I can stand for that and I'm proud of that. That that's one thing that makes this class different than any other class you'll take out there is it's not surface, it's not on top. It gets down. You get, it gets down. Well, it does. Anyway, you, you get down to a deeper belief structure than what any other class out there will look at. It's not conceptual. It's not nice ideas. You'll get down in the process of all of it, and that's why I strongly recommend to anybody, take two years of your life and immerse yourself in this work. Just take really, really, like this would be a college degree. Is taking the time to do this work, to get down to not what you're thinking, but what do you really, really believe about yourself? What do you believe about people? See, there's three different realms, basically, that we can have thoughts in. Our beliefs about ourselves. Another hour call, just about what do you believe about you? Because whatever you believe about you, you are creating, you are manifesting, you are making happen. The positive, the negative, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, whatever we want to look at. My beliefs about well, anything outside of me, which would be people, my beliefs about humanity, my beliefs about men, my beliefs about women. And when I say beliefs, I'm talking my fears about men, my fears about women, perfect men's women's leadership that I really got to saw, see my deepest beliefs about men. And then I got to see that what my really, really deep beliefs about women are, and they did not support me in having great relationships. Um, so my beliefs about humanity. And then, finally, my beliefs about, well, everything else, the whole world, which would include um, uh, finances, um, uh, the world itself, the future of the world. Where is it going? You know, and Einstein, I think Einstein said it really, really well. He said, if you really want to know yourself, there's one question you have to ask. Because everything issues forth from this answer. Do you believe, there's that word, do you believe that you live in a hostile universe? Or do you believe that you live in a friendly universe? By the way, that you answer that question, how you operate your life is already set up. What he means is, and that's the foundation of what this concept is, is that, for example, if you believe that you live in a hostile universe, then the way that you think automatically, and we talk about this so well in the basic class, what you think automatically dictates the way that a human being feels. So this is your emotional state, is right behind the thought. So how you feel excited, passionate, um, optimistic, um, angry, bitter, you know, frustrated, um, excited, hopeful. Whatever you feel is dictated by the way that you think. What that means is that the way that you feel, you don't dictate. So I can tell you right now, feel different. 
You know, if you don't feel on top of your game, you don't feel great, you don't feel inspired, you don't feel motivated, you don't feel change the way you feel. Well, you, you cannot change the way you feel. Yeah, you can jump up and down and, and look like you're excited and all that. But it's it, it, it's a nice tool to use, but it does not change the way that you feel because you do not have control of the way that you feel. The way that you think does. The way that you think dictates how you feel and then how you present yourself. The last rung on the, that level there would be our behavior. The way that you present yourself, the way you show up, think, feel, and act. But the seed of it, the root of it, the beginning of it, the genesis of it is think. So how you present yourself to the world, how you present yourself in business, how you present yourself to your, to your wife, how you present yourself to your, to your daughter, to your son, to your, those people in your life, is all set up already. You know, it's not everybody shows up the same way. Some people are very outward. Some people are inward. Some people go out and talk and introduce themselves and chat with everybody. And some people are more, I don't do that. What makes people different? Well, the way they show up. But ultimately, what makes people is the way that they think. So going back to what Einstein said, if you believe that you live in a hostile universe, then your attitude will fit exactly that. You'll have an attitude that fits danger. You'll have an attitude that fits hostile. You'll have an attitude that fits scary. And then how will you present yourself in the world? You'll be guarded. You'll be defensive. And actually that you will see and you will validate your belief because that's how the midbrain, if you imagine... You know, having your hand open, if you have your hand open right now, and t- t- take your thumb and pull your thumb in and put your thumb on the palm of your hand. Just that right there would be called the midbrain of the subconscious brain. And then now wrap your fingers over your thumb. That's the brain. Now look at your hand all over. That's the brain we see. Like, you know, when we look at the brain, we look at a picture of the brain. That's that. That midbrain inside of there, that subconscious brain, make sure that you always validate whatever you believe. That's the way the brain works. If you believe it, you'll correct it. If you, you will always be right about what we believe. You know, if you go put a, a sign on the car and you're selling your car for $10,000, no one's going to come up and offer you 12 for it or 15 for it. Okay? That's a real subtle example of you will always create whatever you expect. You will always create what you expect. Always create what you expect. Another way to say expect is what you think. And so that's the root of this whole idea is that whatever you believe, the brain sets up the way that you feel and the way that you present yourself is always in alignment with the way that you think. Now, the great, the great, the great, when I do this class, I, I, I do this lecture called the I Am Lecture in the class. It's just beautiful, beautiful lecture. It, it basically talks about that a leader, a leader meaning, again, not politician, not anything like that, but a leader meaning someone who can, who can produce results, someone who makes things happen. A leader will understand that to, if to think is to create. Now, see, what I'm getting ready to walk into right now is, in my opinion, the very most absolute thought process that must change for us to be successful is that the way that a person thinks, right? So the way that a person believes, right, is going to produce their life. Well, then the most fundamental part of that is that leaders understand that if to think is to create, if that's true, that I think, then I create it. Then if I create something I don't like, okay, so if I manifest a relationship that I don't like, if I manifest money that I don't like, if I manifest a health issue that I don't like. Now, see, some people might have went, what? You manifest a health issue? 
Well, it depends on what you believe about this concept. But if I produce a result that I don't like is not favorable, what a lot of people in this world will do is they'll find someone to blame for it. This right here is, in my opinion, the most valuable part of this whole concept is a leader understands that if to think is to create, then if I create something I don't like, then the one thing I cannot do is blame somebody because then I never change. I never grow. I never break through. So if I produce a result that I don't like, if I'm not happy, if I'm not healthy, I don't have the money that I want, if I don't have a relationship, whatever, then if you think it's great, then I have to change the way I think. And this right here is the most fundamental one. People who understand this concept don't blame. They don't blame their wife for the relationship. They don't blame their kids for the relationship. They don't blame the school for the kids not being. They don't blame anybody. And that's why I think most people don't really want to take on this concept too much. Is because that's one part they'd have to give up. If you really understood to think it's great, you could never blame anymore. Not even blame anything. One of my mentors, um, a man that I highly respect, Wayne Dyer, said, this is not one of those things you get to play 96% or 92% or what's convenient for you. No, if you're going to operate from to think it's great, it's 100%. 100%, I heard this, 100% is easy. 99% is a bitch. I hope that helps somebody because that's, that's so true. So to think is to create. If I don't like what I'm creating, change the way I think. That right there is the main beginning of this concept that very, very successful people. Like there was this one study that came out that, and it just talked about the difference between successful rich people and poor people. And the difference is not where they're from not anything around their past. It's definitely the way that they think is different. I mean, and I, I don't have that in front of me because this is not a financial call. This is not a money call. But just the, some of the things that they talked about, the difference there of um, very successful people and, and very uh, poor people is one. The first one is rich people believe I create my life. And poor people believe life happens to me. That right there, I think, is the best way to communicate to think is to create. It's really what you believe because everything that you believe you have made up. It's just what you believe. There is no, well, this is the law. You must think this way. No, the one thing that we were all given is the ability to think. And this truth is, is we can only think positive or we can think negative. That's the two ways that the brain can think, a positive charge and a negative charge. And what you think it's great says is that if I think a positive charge, a positive thought, an optimistic thought, a healthy thought, a beautiful thought, it says that it will bring to me, it will create that, exactly, that kind of an attitude, that kind of a behavior, that kind of a result. It has to be. It's a law. And also, if I think internally and believe negative, that things happen to me, that I live in a hostile universe, that I here's one big one that I'm, I do not have time to take on this call, and I wish I did. One people believe that I have been hurt. You know, I have done this class so many, so many times in so many years, and people come in and go, "Well, I've been hurt. My wife has hurt me. My ex has hurt me. The economy has hurt me." Now, I just want to use that for an example. That shows you right there that a belief that we have is that people can hurt us. And people are sitting on the call thinking right now, well, no, it happens. Well, I'm also here to challenge you. No, it doesn't. That no one has hurt you. Now, the only way that someone can hurt you is physically. 
you know, if they if they cut you or hit you, it's gonna yeah. You know, but the beautiful thing about it, your body heals itself pretty well. What I'm talking about is emotionally. No one can hurt you emotionally. Not if you understand to think it's too great. No one can hurt you emotionally. Then therefore no blame. Therefore no actually, I need to forgive somebody. Well, what did they really do that hurt you? Well, they lied to me. Well, that didn't hurt you. Well, yes, it did. I'm in pain. I got it. I know you're in pain. I know that we will feel pain, but it's not because of somebody else. Remember that first one, successful people, rich people say, I create my life. Poor people think it happens to me. She hurt me because the only person that has any control of your emotions is you. So the, the, the one that I use in the, in the class a lot is traffic cost stress. And a lot of people, I, and I do it. I have to admit, I do it the first two hours of every class. Does traffic cost stress? And people are like, yes. Well, no, it doesn't. And it's a, it's a simple one, but it's beautiful. To prove this to think it's great. Traffic does not cause stress. Well, why am I so stressed in traffic? Well, let's look at it. But really, does when bumpers get close to each other and there's nobody moving, right, and you're on the freeway and there's traffic, is there an energy that gets created there between those two bumpers that's negative that goes through the vent and upsets you? No. Then everybody would be stressed in traffic. And you'll notice when you drive around, not everybody is. People are learning a foreign language in their cars now. People are talking maybe illegally on the phone, but, you know, some are not angry and some are really frustrated. <clears throat> but if we just use that one example for this call, it makes sense. It's not the traffic. It's not the cars in front of us. Example, it's not our boss. It's not our kids. It's not our relationships. It's not the world. It's not the economy. It's not, it's not anything in front of us. It's our thoughts about what's happening that, again, dictates how I feel and then how I behave. It's not the traffic. It's not the ex. It's not our current relationship. Oh, he makes me so mad. You ever heard people say that? They don't understand to think is to create because they're coming from that it happens to me. I'm not responsible for it. And what to think is to create is is that every result we have in our life, in our life, please hear that, not, not outside of us, not even in our kid's life, not in our, in our neighbor's life. No, if I, if it's an experience I'm having. I am responsible for that experience, meaning that my thinking is generating that experience. So if I'm mad at my wife, all I can do is stop and look at, no, 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 I am angry. What am I angry about? And I, it's okay to feel. It's okay to, to be angry. It's okay to have wonderful emotions. But to give them away to somebody else is where we make a mistake because it's our thoughts about anything that dictates our joy or our pain. And then, therefore, our connection with people or our disconnect with people. Okay? So that is the basic root of to think is to create. That if to think is to create, then if I don't like what I'm creating, change the way I think. Well, then you look at, okay, great. I'm up for that. How do you change the way you think? <clears throat> that's, a, that's a mistake people often make. They jump to that conclusion right there without fully understanding the, responsible, the responsibility in our thinking. And that's, you know, I, there's going to be some questions asked just here in a few minutes. And I bet that's going to be some of them is, you know, I, I don't have the results I want. How do I change the way I think? Well, first of all, we've got to get clear that it is our responsibility. It is your thinking that is producing the results. And once we really do get clear on that, then we can move to, okay, well, then how do I change the way I think? And then that one, well, if you understand how the brain works. The brain works in images. The brain works in pictures. So I think, and then it creates a picture that's sent to the midbrain, the subconscious brain. 
and then the subconscious brain literally creates that picture. So what is the pictures that I'm creating? What are the pictures I'm seeing? Am I seeing that I'm going to have plenty of money, or am I seeing I'm not going to be able to pay the bills? Well, that creates a picture that's sent to the subconscious. The subconscious then creates that in which whatever we're thinking. So how do we change the way we think? We start with changing the pictures that we have in our mind. And that means just very simply being very, very cautious and careful of what do I think moment by moment by moment. If I ever have a negative thought, um, I've been hurt, he made me mad, I'm not going to be able to pay the bills, I'm afraid, what if I fail? Whatever we can come up with. What a leader will do is stop right there. I'm literally stopping their mind and go, wait a minute, I just realized I had a negative thought. And what you do is you turn that thought completely upside down in that moment. Turn it completely upside down. Because there's your truth is upside down. If you have a negative thought, the truth is upside down. Always. I can't. I don't have enough. I'm not enough. You turn that upside down, there's your truth. I am enough. I will have enough. And I can. And then what they do is they spend time thinking that way over and over. And, and you know, I know I've got to take some calls here, but, God, I could, that's the hardest part. I told you. I could go on literally for hours on this concept. Um, but, the, but the one thing th- that I want to say b- before we, I get off and, and start taking questions is that um, fear is also uh, generated by the way that we think. And a lot of people are completely paralyzed by fear. And what some people don't connect is, well, fear is an emotion. I got it. It is but it's generated by the way that we think. You know, if we think we can't, we lose all our energy. If we think it's going to fail, we're going to, our motivation is going to leave. Remember, our emotions are set up by the way that we think. So anytime you have a negative thought, you turn it toward the positive. But then what problem is, is you don't, people don't do it long enough. They think about it for a moment. Well, if you go back to the, when you learned how to swim and you were thrown in the pool the first time, and I was thrown in the pool because I wasn't getting in because I was scared. There's a little vulnerability for you. I was thrown in the pool and I damn near drowned. But I, some way, I don't know how I did it, but some way I found a way to the top, and I was, you know, snot flying out of my nose. I definitely didn't care how I looked back then, obviously. But I'm doing everything I can to keep my head above water so I could live. And my coach is in the pool laughing at me. I found a way to the top, and then I got to the side some way. And then I got thrown in again, and then finally I realized that, wait a minute, I, I'm, I can live here. And then I started doing everything I can to dog paddle. And I realized I can keep my own head above water and stay here. I don't have to go to the side. And then I started dog paddling better and better, and then my strokes got longer. And then actually I started to put one arm in front of the other, and eventually I started to swim. And now I can swim. The problem is that took time. How many times did I have to go to lessons to learn how to swim? Well, see, that's what a lot of people do not want to do right now, especially I'm even going to slam some of the people that are growing up right now is that they want things to happen right now. We want things to change right now. I want this right now. I'm very, I'm entitled, I, I, success, the brass ring, I see Gabby Douglas with the gold medal in Olympics. I want that now. They didn't show the 13 years of failing that she went through to get there. So that's a problem. We want things to happen right now, but most people won't take the time and the discipline to change the way that they think because that's what it takes. If you've been thinking in a negative way, well, you've mastered that. But what all this work is, is mastering in a shorter time the positive, the optimistic opinions that we have. Because our optimistic opinions 
will produce the results. So what I'm going to do right now is I'll get a little bit more in when I start taking some questions because I tell you what, i got to stop because i got a list of, of at least 72 other things I could talk about on this. So I'm going to pass it over to Dory, and let's start off with some questions around this wonderful topic. Dory, are you still there? I am. So the first question comes from DG, and the question is, what are three critical things we can do if we begin feeling overwhelmed with all we have to do? If we feel overwhelmed with all that we have to do, and you're seriously just want three. <laughs> I love this. I love this. Okay, here we go. So overwhelmed with all that I have to do. Okay, first one is you have to believe. Remember, I, that's strongly, guys. We all, everything you hear me say is going to go back to what do we believe. Well, one, do, I, do, do you believe that you can handle everything that you have? That's one belief we have to challenge. And, you know, I'm going to pass it on. I'm not sure if everybody hears what religious they, religion or how religious they are, but I heard one day a long time ago that God never gives us more than we can handle. And I heard that and went, I don't, of course, I don't know if that's true, but I like that. So the one belief is, do you believe that you can handle anything that's in front of you? That's the first step we've got to go. Do I believe that? And then the second one is, is where do we, this is the truth here, that we can only do one thing at a time. I know that the people believe in multitasking and all this, but if you, if you read enough research on it, we don't actually multitask. We, do, we can do things very quickly, but we do one thing at a time. And if you feel overwhelmed, first change of belief, I can handle this. Bring it on. I know I can handle it. I actually think I can handle a little bit more. Now, now here's the trick, guys. There's going to be DG, I think was your name. I hope I said that right. But in the back of your mind, if you start thinking, I can handle all this, there's a part of your mind that's going to go, no, you can't. That little voice in the back, no, you can't. You can't. You haven't handled it yet. And see, that right there is a challenge, is which one are you going to do? Are you going to go to the gym and swim over and over and over to change that belief that I can handle this? I can even handle more than this. And that takes effort over and over and over. Be thinking, I can handle this. So the first one is believe that you can handle it. The second one is do one thing at a time. Just pick one thing and get it done. Now, and then the third one, if I had to say three, is do not micromanage that thing that you did, meaning, oh, should I have not done that? Or what should I do? Should I do another thing? I maybe shouldn't have done. Stop thinking that way. Do one thing. And then the, the third stage is be really, really proud of what you just did. Because here's the reality is it doesn't, make, doesn't even matter if it didn't work, if it didn't fail, if, if it failed, if it doesn't matter. It's the fact that you took the action step. And be proud that you took the action step. So one, believe it. The second one, after you believe it, the second one is to do. Just do one thing. Not think about it. Just do it. And the third one is really acknowledge yourself for doing it. Then go back up, handle one more thing, believe that you can do it, and acknowledge yourself for it, and just keep paddling. You're going to start swimming. All right, Dory? Okay. Next one comes from E.V., and the question is, how to be more effective in writing down goals? Uh, timeliness sometimes doesn't work. How to pick up, pick up yourself again and rethinking to a plan B? Hmm. How to be more effective at writing down goals? That's the first part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, could you re- could you state the second part again? Yeah, it's it, timeliness sometimes doesn't work. How to pick yourself up again and maybe rethink a plan plan B. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. All 
All right, so uh, how to write down goals uh, more uh, effectively. Well, you know, I could do a a two-hour goal-setting process right now, um, and I loved doing those. I just did a workshop two hours just on goals the other night. It was beautiful. We did in Las Vegas, 110 people. Beautiful, wonderful. Um, So I'll just make this one as short as I can, is that when you go to setting goals, my thought on that is go big. Um, what I mean by that is, what is your ultimate goal? And when I say ultimate goal, what goal do you have that is not a means to another goal? What goal is the biggest goal that you have? There's not one above that. And once you achieve that, you're done. Meaning done meaning you're really good. And that you actually wouldn't have another goal. So that's one of the questions I have is that, yeah, I'm not so big on the idea of writing them down and until you're clear on them, then write them down. I love that when you're clear. But then as far as the goals and then having a plan B and then if it doesn't work and having to pick yourself up, I'm going to suggest you got to expand your thinking, just like what we're talking about. What is your ultimate goal? If you get clear on your ultimate goal, everything else will start lining up. Your brain does that for you. Let me give you a quick analogy. If, you, if you're driving down the street and you're hungry, and you know you're hungry and you are looking for food, your brain will support you. What I mean by that is you'll drive down the street and all the restaurants on the street will highlight. You're like, oh, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that. Everything else kind of grays out. Okay, two days later, you're driving down the street, you need your car repaired. What your brain does is it grays out all the restaurants. Yes, they're there, but you don't really attach to what you'll see is the Amco. You'll see the tire place. You'll see the transmission place. You're like, I didn't even know there was any car places on this street. Well, no, your brain will always help you. Whatever you think, it's going to automatically start causing you to see it. I think you've all had this happen if we've ever bought a car. We got clear on the car, what we were going to buy. The next day we're driving around, we see that car everywhere. It's always been there. We didn't have the eyes to see it, but it's always been there. Once you get clear and you start working with the way that you think, your brain will start showing you the proof that, yes, it's out there. If you see that the world is beautiful, you'll see that out there. If you see the world is hell, you'll see that out there too. So I suggest before you go to the plan Bs and making sure that they're written down right, I challenge you, go big. What is your ultimate goal? What's bigger than anything? And then stay focused on that and watch your life take off. All right, Dory? Yep. Okay, so we have several questions related to one particular topic. And so I'm just going to ask one question, and this will cover probably about 10 or 15 questions that were asked. Uh, how do you keep from having negative or judgmental thoughts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine there would be a lot of questions around that. That's a, that's a common question uh, when people start working with this. And a lot of people are not going to like this answer because, again, we're looking for that quick fix. We're looking for that how do I eliminate everything. Well, here's, here's a, something to think about is, is we're going to have negative thoughts. We are human. Okay, so that expectation on ourselves that I've got to be perfect um, is is not something that is reality because you're going to have negative thoughts. Now, can we reduce those thoughts? Of course, we can reduce them. Are we going to eliminate them? I really don't know if we can. Um, you know, some of the greatest thinkers I've I've known um, have negative thoughts. Now they don't have very many, and and I have a lot less than I used to. But I I'd like to to just work with. I don't think we're going to stop it. But then let's go to, well, then how can I reduce it instead of eliminate it? How can I reduce it? And I just gave you that. 
in that last part, which I'll reiterate again just real quick. It's called being aware of your own thinking and being aware that when you do have uh, an unproductive, a negative, um, a pessimistic thought, that if you really do want to change it, because I know people that are going to be pessimistic the rest of life, that are always going to say that we live in a hostile universe, that we live in a horrible situation. There are people who are committed to thinking that way because they don't know any other way to think, and I think they're afraid. What if I, then I'd, have, then I'd be wrong? And so if you really do, if you are open to change, and I mean really open to change, then changing our thinking is the most important thing we can do. When you have a negative thought, realize it. And be so bold, be so strong to go, I just had one. And to stop that, I can, right when I'm saying this, guys, I can hear Mr. Wilhite's voice right now. Stop that thought right there. Just stop. Turn it upside down and put energy on it. What, I mean, what he meant by energy, put thought into it right there and realizing, wow, that thought of I'm not going to be able to pay the bills, whoa, do not want to think that again because your genie, your subconscious mind, I don't care what word you put on it, will make sure that you create that. And you'll struggle with the bills if that's what you believe. So to stop that thought and literally turn it upside down. Turn that thought upside down. I can pay the bills. I'm going to make enough money. I am creating money. I am not that it's just going to fall into my lap. That's not what this is about. That I don't have to do anything except think and it's going to fall in my lap. That's not a reality. That's not how it works. What it says is that if I believe that I can make money, then I'll have an attitude that will get me out and work for it. I'll have energy. I'll go out. I'll pay the prices. I'll travel. I'll do seminars. It's not that I'm just going to sit and think it and it's going to fall out of the sky. That's not how it works. But to change your thought, is one, realize it, change it to the opposite, and then think that a lot. I am making money. I can make money. I have everything it takes to make the money that I want. I have everything it takes. And put energy on that. And slowly but surely, that thought will start to eliminate. And then you'll be replacing it with I can, I can. And then you just go to the pool and you go to the pool and you go back to the pool and you keep swimming. That's how you do it. Lori? Okay. Next one comes from EM. Question is, would... I would like to hear advice on how to change my thinking so that I can create an amazing, intimate relationship with a man. Good one. Good one. Um, there's a, I like the way that that's stated. I really like the health of that, meaning that I, how do I change? Versus is there a class that I can take that will teach me how to change men or women? Um, how do I change? I like that a lot. Uh, that's a great start. I don't know where you are in this in the classes or if you have not taken the classes, but that's just a, that's the first step is how do I change versus men or women or outside needs to change. So how do I create? How do I change the way I think to uh, to attract? Well, first of all, you got to look at if the uh, if the problem or the challenge is that you're not attracting that kind of a relationship, then where you could go to is no, I I believe it. I really do believe that I can have it. Okay, well, maybe that is the case. But if you're not attracting, if you don't have it in your life, go back to what I said earlier. If I'm creating something I don't like, I can blame or I can be responsible for it. And somewhere in my belief system, I do not believe that I can have an intimate relationship. And I know you're thinking, oh, yes, I want it. I didn't say want I didn't say want it. I said, do you believe it? Do you believe in intimacy? Do you believe men can be intimate? Do you believe that you 
can't have an intimate relationship. You believe that you deserve that. That is a huge key right there. What the mind of a man can conceive, meaning think it, imagine it, picture it in your mind, and believe it. So I'm not so sure that you believe it yet. So then what do you do? Well, you just get back down to, and you put energy on that. You spend time on that. And really question yourself. Get yourself back into a basic class. Get yourself to staff size seven. Get yourself back to the ranch somewhere. That's what these vehicles are here for. And a lot of people don't understand that. Like if, if I was working with you right now and I was working with you and just coaching you, I would say with that idea, that thought, you get back into a seminar and you start questioning, really, do I believe in intimacy? Do I believe I deserve it? Do I believe intimacy is possible? Do I believe that men can do it? And just really question it and get down to the root of it. And at the same time, you've got to work with, yes, I do. I, I, I got to believe that I can have it that I deserve it, okay? So that's how you do it. You get back in, do some work, get down to the root. What do you believe? Because if you don't have it, I'd like everybody to hear this one. And believe me, when I say this, I'm working on it too. If I don't have it, I don't believe it. Fact, two think is too great. I'm going to say that again because it's the answer to every question from now on. If I don't have it, if I'm not experiencing it, I don't believe it. That's about the most responsible anybody can go to. So get back down to looking at your beliefs and start changing those beliefs. All right, Dorothy. Okay. So this one actually comes from someone. Um, it's A.H. And the question is, I've gone to other seminars, but nothing seems to work. Why is this so different? Oh, my. That. Okay, there's a... There's a Ooh, that's a two-hour talk right there. Um, <laughs> that's called that's called a guest event right there. Um, that's exactly what we do on guest events is, is, is talk about why these classes are so different. Now, one thing I, I got to say, this guys, I I love this work. I am a freak about this work. I've been doing this work since 1987. I paid many prices by how much I love this work, and, and that's just a price I'm willing to pay. Um, I love seminars. I love anything that has to do with this. So one thing you'll never hear from me is don't take another class. Don't take anything that can work for you. So what I'm not going to do on this call is talk about, well, how we're better or how you should. I say do them all for the rest of your life. Keep working. Do classes. I heard it this way. is, is uh, Imagine a, a blank canvas, and then every class you take is a different color on your canvas, and, and just paint a beautiful picture with all kinds of colors. So that's one thing. You're not going to hear me say ours is, is better. I don't, I don't believe that because here's why. It's not the seminar. It's not. It's ourselves. It's, if it didn't work for me, I'd really question, are you working for you, really? Or do we not practice it? Do we not take it in? Were we resistant? So that's one thing I'd have to look at is if, if nothing is working, I'd say take a look at yourself. Take a look at yourself in the mirror and go, am I working? Or are you looking for something that just cannot be? And you know what? Some people don't like to come to PSI seminars. I've been, I do guest events three or four times a month, and I talk to people, and some of them are very honest with me. I don't know if I want to look at myself. 
because that's the thing that's different about PSI seminars to really anything else is the depth that you will look at yourself. And there are some people, why would I want to look at myself? I want you to tell me how to be rich. Well, it's not going to happen. I don't want to look at myself. I don't want to know myself. I just want to know step one, two, three that I need to do, D-O, that I need to do to go be successful. PSI seminars does not believe that. PSI believes that how do I have to be first, like inside. And that's where PSI seminars goes to, like no other. And I have taken so many of them. Uh, landmark, uh, life spring, um, the, the success. I mean, I can name a bunch of them, but it doesn't matter. What PSI seminars does is, is, uh, is, is, is it does not tell us what to do in our life. It doesn't tell us that we should be successful. It doesn't tell us you should do anything. What's an opportunity to do and done so well is to stop the game, stop our life for just a moment and take a look at the way that we think. And it's an environment where you stop and get to look way down deep inside, wow, my beliefs are not in alignment with what I want. And to get them in alignment. Because a lot of people are afraid to look at themselves because I think number one reason is they, they're not going to like what they see. And I, I think that's so beautiful because I think it's so true for a lot of people. I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to like what I see. Here's my thought about that, is that you're not looking deep enough. Yes, when you go in the class, are you going to see some things about yourself that you don't like, meaning some of the thoughts that you have deep inside? You know, um, I just, like, for example, one of them, when I was 14 years old, um, I got my first paycheck and I spent it. And I got my second paycheck and I spent it. Here, my third paycheck and I spent it. And I got on this track of spending money. I would get it and I would spend it. And I would get it and I would spend it. I don't care how much money I made. I don't care how many raises I got. I made sure that I spent it. Went on vacations, bought toys. I never knew why. I never knew that. And when they said, come take the basic, well, I don't need to, why? And then what I found out was the reason I spend money and, and always have all kinds of things is because of my thinking. But see, I never knew where my thinking came from. And it was very simply my uncle, who was very wealthy, died, and I saw family fight over his money. I mean, they fought horribly over his money. People did not repair relationships. People would not go to funerals because they're all fighting for his money. I was very young, and I believed at a very young age, money causes problems. I know that doesn't make sense. And I know you think, well, it doesn't. I believed it at a very deep level because of an event. And I made up that money causes problems. So unconsciously, what would I do? I'd make sure I'd push it away. And what PSI Seminars does is it gets down to see what those thoughts are that aren't working for us. But then if we go deep enough into taking a look at who we are, I think you're going to fall in love with who you see. Because deep enough, we all get down to it. We're incredible human beings. Incredible. We have everything we need to be fully fulfilled, functioning human beings. And that's where PSI seminars takes it. The other ones, I have to admit, they're good, but they're on the surface compared to PSI seminars. And there's some good surface stuff. There really is. Okay. Have me stop talking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> the next one comes from GA. I'm struggling with complacency. I lose sight of where my passion is. So hard to direct energy and vision there. How do I get it back? Mm. Well, one thing I'll have to say is that passion would be considered an emotion, right? So passionate, um, excited, turned on, lit up, um, motivated, you know, whatever those words you want to use would be considered an emotion. Well, then if, if we were listening to this call again, we'd see that, okay, if I want that strong emotion, 
I've got to take a look at what I'm thinking. You're not just going to have passion when you say you want to have passion. Remember I said on the call earlier, if I told you to be excited right now and you weren't, you wouldn't be able to just go, wow, Ted, that's awesome. I'm excited now. No, because you don't dictate your emotions. Your thinking does. So if you're lacking passion, well, one thing I'll have to say is that passion is not outside of you. You know, you have some people come into this work and say, you know, I need to find a job that I'm excited about. I need to find a job I'm passionate about. I need to find a relationship that, you know, I'm alive with. I need to find something that will make me feel good. That's not going to happen because it doesn't do that. No job is going to make me feel good. No job is going to make me feel bad. No man is going to make me feel good. I know I'm not. If you go down to that first thing I said, responsible. So if we're not passionate, go back to the way that you think. Because, again, nothing outside of you is going to cause that passion. It's, are you passionate? Let me say again, are you passionate? Not, what do I need to find outside this passion? Are you passionate? So then I have to go, if I was working with you, what are your thoughts about you? What are your beliefs about you? Where is your self-estimate or self-esteem estimate? If you don't experiencing passion, your thoughts, your beliefs have gone sideways. Bring them back with getting down to the deepest place that you can. What do you believe about yourself? Because somewhere along, you're thinking, I might not be able to, or I'm afraid, or I'm just, I don't know if I can. That's going to cause complacency. Get back down to, what do you think? If you have 70,000 thoughts a day, average, every person does, about 70,000 thoughts a day, and uh, you put all those together, well, are they very passionate thoughts? If you put all those thoughts down and you looked at them, would that be a great movie? Would that be a number one box office, or would that be scary? No one would want to read that. No one would want to see that. Because we have about 70,000 thoughts a day, I'm going to suggest that they're not very passionate thoughts. All right, Dory. Okay. Next one comes from JW. It's how do you, how do you get past the fear of failure to allow yourself to dream big? What was, what was the name on this? I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. Uh, JW. JW, thank you for this, um, for this question. I think it's... I think it's one of the most important questions that we can ask when we go to the way that we think. Um, Okay, so if we use the the previous information to set up this question again, um, how do I get past the fear of failure? Well, fear is an emotion. Afraid, fear, afraid, goes back down to a thought that is creating this feeling of fear, threat, Something bad is going to happen. I'm going to fail. Well, then, JW and everybody else who, who, who works with this, um, what are your thoughts about failing? That's where I would go. Again, if, I was, if, I, if we were just sitting talking, you were in a class, we were working it, what are your thoughts about failure? See, you have a belief about what failing is. Um, very, very successful people understand something. And now, please hear, when I say successful, I don't even know what that means anymore. It might be money. It might be happiness. It might be relationships. It might be having kids. It might be getting the family all together. You know, I don't know what that means. So please bear with me, whatever that means to you. What are your beliefs about failing? Very, very successful people understand you must fail to be successful. 
people who operate from the victim side is what we call it. We talked about that in basic class. We have people who operate from responsible and people who operate from victim. Victims do not want to fail because it means something to them. And I'm going to suggest it's a pretty negative meaning. Like if I fail, that means I am a failure. There's a belief system for you right there that's going to cause paralyzation. It's going to cause the previous question, no passion at all. To have a thought like that, that if I fail, that means I am a failure. Let's bust that one up real quick. Successful people know that you're going to fail. You're going to fail. Now, if you can imagine this, and JW, think about this, and, and have this be in your mind next time you have that fear, is a plane flying from L.A. to New York does not fly a straight line. It, it's, not a, it's not a smooth, straight line, you know. It's a series of mistakes. It will get off course, and there's communication, sonar, radar, all that. It says you're off course. The pilot gets it back on course. And now it gets on course. It'll stay on course for a while, but it will get off course again. And then the pilot, that's what a, a pilot job, a pilot does not fly a plane straight across the sky. It doesn't. A, pl- a pilot keeps it on track when it gets off track because it will get off track. But when we're so fearful of, oh, wait a minute, I opened that business and it didn't work. It failed. I'm just going to suggest that's a very small picture you have. I'm going to suggest if you opened a business, all the stuff that you had to learn, all the stuff that you had to get together to open that business is exactly what you needed for the next venture. Now, and you look at the business, it failed. I don't think it failed at all. I don't think it failed whatsoever. You have now learned. You have now gained some knowledge that you needed for your next venture. So my question is, it doesn't matter if this business failed or not. Did you open it? That is awesome. Now, what's the next thing you're going to open? Now, what are you going to do? Because you didn't fail. It's a journey of growth versus now. It's like I said, we want the results right now. You know, a relationship didn't work. What do you mean it didn't work? Yeah, it did. It served its purpose. We might not see the purpose, but it served a purpose. Because in there, you grew. You had something positive happen. But then if you take a little more spiritual look at it, if it didn't work, it wasn't supposed to. The next one is the one that might work. And then the next one, we don't know when it's going to happen. We're not in control of that always. So get yourself back up and fly again. And yeah, you're going to get off track. But don't be afraid of failure. You're going to fail. We're going to make mistakes, and it's okay. That's what success is. All right, Dory. Okay. So the last question comes from KN. It's how can I teach my nine and seven year old kids this technique and make it easy for them to understand? Oh, you're not going to like this answer. <laughs> All right, here we go. Because, <laughs> oh, I love this work. I love this work. I have a 21 a year old and a two month old. And uh, that's one thing I will say PSI seminars. You know what? I don't know why I didn't say that earlier. Um, one of the greatest things about PSI seminars that no other class that I know does is the work that we do with children. The work that we have a class for uh, basic for kids, 5 to 12 years old, for them to start learning these concepts at a very, very young age. My daughter took her very first seminar. She was actually 4 years old. She was just about to turn 5 years old, and Jane Wilhite said, yes, she's going to be in the class. And she has learned how to work with these concepts since she was 5 years old. 
So that's one suggestion is absolutely uh, get them, get the kids in the kids' class. And that's for anybody on this call. Now, the other one is, is if you really want to teach this to your kids, there's nothing you really can do to teach them, meaning sit down and draw up on an easel like we do in a class. The best way and the fastest way to teach them is for you to be it. That's what kids learn. They don't learn what we tell them. They learn what they see. They learn what they hear. They learn from experiences. So the most detrimental thing is, is if a parent is negative or a parent is, is pessimistic and a parent in, in, in throwaway comments says that that can't be done or tells her child, we can't afford that. And then we say, well, I want to teach my kids the right concepts. And then we attempt to pull out the easel and tell them to think positive. It's very confusing to a child when they hear, okay, I'm supposed to think positive, yet you don't. So there's a, there's a very, very strange communication to them. So the greatest thing about it, if you, and, and, and if you have kids, that's what makes this work great, is really be great at this work and live this work, breathe this work, walk this work. That's what will cause your kids to do it. Not a lecture, not a talk, not a nice exercise. You know, and, and it, I read a book once from, again, uh, Wayne Dyer who wrote, if you want your kids to respect themselves, you know, and he talked about what respect means and all that. And I'm, I'm reading it and I'm going, oh, yeah, this is going to be great. I like this. He said, if you really want your kids to respect themselves, here's how to do it. Never, ever, 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 ever allow yourself to be disrespected by anybody in this world. If that's what you want for your children. I'm like, oh, God. I was thinking some nice little exercise. Oh, no. If you want your children to respect themselves, you as a parent must respect yourself. So get in this work, stay in this work, immerse yourself in it. That's why I became an instructor. Dory said that at the beginning. I really wanted to get this, and I went, you know what, I'm really going to get it. I'm going to be an instructor, and I'm still working it. All right, Dory. Okay, great. Well, that's it for the questions. So if you just want to give us any closing thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. So, Dory, you hang up, and I'll stay on the phone for about six hours with them, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm serious. We could. Dory, you know that about this concept. We could talk about this for days. Um, so, you know, in closing, the, the, just a couple of thoughts I have is is be really careful in that we think we know this. And we think it's got to be something else. We think it's got to be another great concept or another great idea that's going to help us. It's not. It's this one. If you're really going to work on anything, work on this one. And don't think, that, okay, I got it now. The only way that you can ever say I got it is base it on results. Have your results tell you if you got it or not. Because if you really do that, you'll work on this forever. Because once you produce a great result, you'll want another one. And you'll want another one. And you realize, wait, I haven't heard that yet. i got to keep working on the way I think. And that's one of the greatest motivators to keep working on this for the rest of our life is based on results. So there's one right there. Have it be based on results if you really know this concept or not. The other one is that one thing that I think is the first stage in this is to get to that place where I create my life. I create my happiness. I create my joys, I create my pain, I create my everything versus it happens outside of me. It didn't happen to me, it happened for me. It didn't happen to me, it happened for me. I 
create my life. That's the second. That's huge right there. 100% responsibility for my life. And the third one is, 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 is going back to, to the airplane thing, is, is it's not just going to land in our lap, guys. It's, it's not going to fall in our lap just because we think that. What thinking does is it generates the emotion and the, the drive to get off the couch and then to go produce results. That's how we make it happen is being out there. You're not going to produce that great intimate relationship by sitting on the couch. You know what I mean? You've got to first get out there and be with people. If you have a great product, you're not going to be famous by sitting on the couch and hoping people find it. You've got to get out there. And then we, have, we need that, that drive. Well, the drive comes from the way that we think. So my big thing here is, is, is not a straight line. Get yourself out there. Knock on doors. Open doors, open windows, call out, fail, get back up. You know, it, here's a great, maybe to leave you with a great picture. You're on a bicycle. Your feet are on the pedals. The only way that you can keep your feet on the pedals, in other words, to keep from falling over, you got it, it's to pedal. Your brain works when it's moving. When it stops and it's not moving, we're at our worst. In the Bible, it says those without a vision perish. So I think it was J.W. who said the fear, right? It's okay to be afraid, J.W. and everybody else, but go for it again. Keep going. Keep adjusting the plane. Keep getting it back on track. Keep getting it back on track. It's not that we fail. It's when we're off track. We fail when we stop. So get on the bike and pedal. Get in the pool and swim. Get in the plane and course correct. That's it. Awesome. A great, great call. And again, on behalf of Size Seminars, thank you so much for taking the time tonight to share your insights with us on how to use this concept, Tim. Well, thank you very much. And, and uh, I wish I had more time, and maybe we'll pick up another concept that's close to this one. But I really appreciate it. Just doing this call and getting ready for this call brings me back to that this work is the most important thing done on the planet. Thank you, Tori. All right. Well, fantastic. And thank you again to everyone who's listening in. We hope that you enjoyed the call and you have some new tools to support you in living the life you desire. And you'll definitely want to attend the call next month. It's scheduled for Tuesday, April 9th, where we will be exploring what Tim touched on a little bit earlier, which is the I am. You can register now at psiteleseminars.com. And remember to ask your questions in advance when you register. And just because the call is over, it doesn't mean the conversation has to end. So let's continue the discussion on Facebook. Go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash PSI seminars and share your thoughts on to think is to create. What did you get out of the call tonight? And how are you going to implement this in your life? We definitely want to hear from you. Now, we've also launched the Size Seminars app. You can access the app for the iPhone and the Android on iTunes or Google Play. You can find out more about the upcoming classes, such as the basic, Size 7, the Life Success course, and the leadership classes. And for those of you who are new to Size Seminars and would like to find out more about the Size, seminar, size Seminars or any of the classes, you can go to psiseminars.com. That's psiseminars.com. Thank you again for being on the call tonight. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in, and we hope you have a great evening.